Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. To assist in the consideration of the impact of Martin Luther King Jr. on the United States, I invited my friend Oral Massey to join us once again here at Radio Curious. In February 2014, when Massey first visited us, he shared his experiences as the first and so far the only black law enforcement officer in the history of Mendocino County, California. Prior to becoming a deputy sheriff here 23 years ago, Massey served in the United States Marine Corps and was primarily assigned to the Foreign Service Embassy detail. A native of rural South Carolina, he suffered under the cloud, terror, threats, and fears of racial segregation throughout his childhood and early adult years before joining the Marine Corps. Now, he continues to work part-time as a Mendocino County Deputy Sheriff since his retirement in 2017. When Earl Massey visited the Radio Curious Studios on January 14th, 2018, we focused on the effect that Martin Luther King Jr. had on his life. I used to uh, listen to his uh, speeches on the radio and you know, I saw all the, the people in their gatherings, and but you didn't, I, mean, I didn't as a young person didn't really understand the impact of what was going on. But, you know, in reflection, you know, when you get older and you began to um, look at the past and all what Martin Luther King tried to do and what he has done has been, uh, you know, a major impact on social justice today, uh, even Though we have, I know as a people, we talk about basically black people had a very long way to go, but he was very instrumental in in, uh, shaping the future for a lot of policies and things that uh, has a very positive impact on on black people today. And I think that he deserved his place in our history. And I don't believe, in my opinion, that he's no less of a person than um, any of our major figures in the history that has contributed so much uh, to this country. And I think that uh, people should celebrate his name in honor. Putting it into a um, historical perspective in the late 60s, early 70s, how old were you then? 12, 13 and living in South Carolina. Living in uh, Rocky, South Carolina, you know, the rural South. When there were social problems or issues, I've heard you say that it was better not to call the police, just try and resolve them uh, as you could. Well, that That is uh, basically uh, what happened uh, when you're back in the Deep South, and the police uh, were not your friend. Um and the you know, black people very afraid of the police because of the injustices and things that was going on. And if you experience a problem, say with a uh, a white person, then the police would call. You know, black people are pretty sure that regardless of whether the other person was um, at fault, the police would always err on the side off the white person. So the so black people sort of like feared from calling the police. 
because um, 99% of the time, no justice was served whatsoever. In your experience as yourself, but also a retired deputy sheriff now working part-time after your retirement here in uh, Mendocino County, how would you characterize the role of police in relationship to black people in our community and beyond? In contemporary uh, times today? Yes. Well, I um, believe that uh, the police has a role to play, and I think that without any type of, you know, social order where the police are not involved, there would probably be chaos. But um, I do believe that um, more people of color should be involved in the justice system. I think that that's a very clear and uh, shortage of, say, minority police uh, in law enforcement. I think that there are occasions where the police are insensitive to certain issues that uh, relates to black people. And I think there perhaps should be more training that uh, the police should go through and involve in sensitivities and things that will better um, help the races to uh, get along a lot better. What would be some examples of training um, for the areas of insensitivities? Well, for example, if the police were aware of, uh, say, for empathy, for for example, uh, the struggles that uh, black people have um, gone through and also to look at someone of a different race or color as an equal, as an individual, as a human being, and put just a little human touch into a conversation or no better treatment. Uh, I think one small step this is a giant step, I think, for like mankind. You know, that is uh, what I really believe in. Oral Massey, can you share with us some of your personal experiences in relation to what you're saying? Well, I, um, like I've been living in Ukiah for quite a bit of time. And uh, recently I purchased a, a new car. And uh, I was driving through town very recently and I uh, was pulled over. And uh, what the policeman asked me was, did I see this person in the crosswalk? which I did not see anyone in the crosswalk. My window, my driver's side window was down maybe about four or five inches, and I don't really think that the the policeman knew who I was. But once we had a brief conversation, he, you know, he recognized me and I recognized him. I did not see anyone in the crosswalk. He said there was someone in the crosswalk. You know, I have no reason to doubt him. But I, me, me personally... I believe that uh, driving in a small town such as Ukiah, and if you're a person of color, you're more prone to get stopped by local law enforcement than any other group if you, say, are a black person. You know, I 
I've had uh, several black people that have talked with me and expressed to me about race incidents that they've had in Mendocino County and how the police, you know, I, you know, I can't confirm anything like that, but I do know as a black person that, uh, the police has a tendency to hone in on certain ethnic groups. You know, I know there's some personal experience. Why is that? Well, when you're in a culture where you are perceived by the majority as different, and the thing about it is that as an individual, you don't get to determine if you're a minority, whether you are different or not, it's the majority that placed that label on you. And once the majority places that label on you, whether you want to be different or not, this is the way the majority sees you. And of course, if you have the majority that is the ruling majority, it becomes a little more difficult. Oral, would you share with us your thoughts about your interpretation of the perspective of white people here in Mendocino County towards Martin Luther King having a national day to honor him every January on his birthday? Well, I, of course, I can't speak for every you know, white person in Mendocino County, but I have heard some various disparaging remarks regarding uh, Martin Luther King. Um, some people said that he was a terrorist and uh, created all kinds of problems. I personally believe that he has really been, you know, an impetus in uh, civil rights movement. Uh, I think that um, I think the Civil Rights Act of 1964, where the where outlaw of uh, Schools and colleges, was, he was uh, prominent in getting that uh, desegregation law passed. And in 1965 um, and 68, where the uh, Fair Housing Act, that he was uh, instrumental. And of course, 1965, the Voting Act, where black people had the right to vote. So I think he has made a significant mark in history, but I believe that a large part of uh, the white population don't see Martin Luther King's birthday as uh, legitimate. And I think that's unfortunate based upon all the um, things that he's done, not only for uh, black people, also for, you know, for white people also. I'd like to talk for a minute about the phrase white supremacy and what that refers to, and particularly when uh, it's heard by somebody who had never put those two words together. But before we get there, I'd like to say that we're visiting with Oral Massey, a retired Mendocino County deputy sheriff, and prior to that time, a retired master sergeant in the United States Marine Corps, who served uh, on embassy detail in many different countries around the world. You're listening to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Oral, can we talk about the phrase white supremacy and particularly what that phrase might create someone to think if they've never heard it before? Well, white supremacy, 
neo-Nazi and those type of terms. Uh, to me, it, it's all inclusive. And it is a term whereby, to me, means white people want to remain in control and they want to be separate. And I read one, I can't remember the name, but um, I think his name was Spencer, Richard Spencer. I think he's a a white supremacist. And uh, I believe he had talked about um, having the United States divided into separate areas, you know, a place where blacks could live separately, whites could live separately, Hispanics and so so forth. I think the idea is just ludicrous. How can you function in a country like America when you have separate states with, uh, that is divided by, by race? So that is one of the things that's kind of, to me, is kind of scary because when you look at who actually controls the power in America? We talk about political and economically. You know, uh, I don't feel that black people have the power in to make a huge social political changes. Uh, they they can do a vote. They can, you know, uh, help or place someone into an office. But as far as voting or political or social economic issues. I, I don't think they have the power to make all those changes, taking a combined effort of not only black, but whites and other groups in order to make a significant change. Well, in that relationship, let's talk about Barack Obama and Donald Trump. Well, uh, you know, I always respect the office of the president, regardless of who is in place. It's the office that I respect. And I think that uh, our sitting president, he has uh, done some positive things for America. And I also believe that um, he has made some very divisive type comments. And I think um, with Obama, uh, with his administration, he showed a more caring attitude toward regardless of where you came from or who you are. And I think he was much more empathetic in that area. And he tried to be more inclusive you know, with everybody. Uh, I think uh, our sitting president, uh, as I mentioned before, has made some very disparaging remarks. And his remarks has been like a, uh, a lightning bolt in the, uh, in the United States and communities uh, you know, across the country. And I think as um, the president of the United States, you were in such a important uh, position whereby you could really bring countries together. However, I do understand also that he have to act based upon the majority of people that placed him in office. Anything contradictory to war that, of course, it would present all kinds of problems for him. And I believe that uh, he is serving as a person for the platform for many people that actually think the way that he does. And the scariest part for me, uh, particularly, is that 
so many people in America condones what he's doing and 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 consent or agree with the things that that he's doing. And uh, I think if it's it's caused some problems in in, in America. Oral, last time we spoke in in February of 2015, you were an actively employed deputy sheriff here in Mendocino County. Now that you're no longer actively employed, you can work somewhat at your discretion according to the needs of the county. How are things different? Well, I think the, the major thing that is different is, you know, a lot of stress has uh, like dissipated um, that's probably one of the major thing a lot of the stress um, and uh, also uh, I have a, a lot of free time to do more pleasant things and of course you don't have to do those zillion reports that you always do when you're working as a deputy sheriff I uh, still get racial slurs tossed at me even today. You know, people remember who I am and the complaints that I once got when I was roaming about the streets, uh, you know, is, is nil to none. So that is a very positive for me. But people still remember who I am and, and they still say hello and all of that. So everything has not been uh, negative by four. I think it's a change for the better for me. I uh, enjoy my status now. You know, I really don't uh, mind doing what I'm doing now for a while. So things begin to, you know, to shape up in a very positive way for me since leaving my full-time employment. Have things changed for the better for people of color in your observation here on a local level and on a greater statewide and national level? Well, I think uh, the people of color are constantly making progress, you know, throughout America. There needs to be a lot more progress. I think um, the county here in Mendocino needs to uh, have more um, diversity within the county, working in various areas of the government, etc. You know, since I uh, was hired with the uh, sheriff's office over 20-some years ago, You know, there's still, to my knowledge, has not been another uh, person of color that has worked with uh, the sheriff's office. Nor do I know of any person of color that worked with local uh, law enforcement. So I think uh, these agencies and the county overall needs to uh, put more effort into perhaps hiring more people of color. color and becoming more uh, diversified. How can we make that happen? Well, uh, I think uh, a lot of it has to do with the the people that are here. Uh, Maybe if they were more warm and welcoming and, you know, I've heard numerous comments about how racist Mendocino County is, you know, not only from the small number of people of color here, but even from outside of uh, Mendocino County. And um, to some extent, it, it is true. Mendocino County is a very racist, uh, to me, in my opinion, is very is racist. And 
you probably wouldn't know that if it did not affect you at all. But I, you know, I'm a person of color and I know I've experienced it since I, when I first got here and I even experience it today. And I grew up, you know, in South Carolina where, you know, racism is very prevalent and, and it continues. So I'm not speaking from a point of, of guessing. I'm speaking from a point of, you know, where I've actually uh, experienced it then and I experience it now. When you experience it now, what is your response to the circumstance at the time? Well, normally I don't respond. It is uh, it creates more of a problem to try to respond to something like that. Uh, I think of the person as being ignorant. It is very difficult if someone has ingrained in his or her mind about the ethnicity or if this person is actually prejudiced against another person, it's extremely difficult to try to even have this person change his or her mind or try to talk to the person to try to convince the person. So I normally don't respond at all. I normally just walk the other way or look the other way or totally disregard the comments. Can you give us some examples to which you would not respond? Well, uh, People have called me the N-word numerous times. Recently? I was driving um, on the roadway. I was actually on duty. This was about, what, two months ago, three months ago, driving a patrol car up North State Street. And I had to stop for uh, the stoplight, and someone drove past me in a little pickup truck and called me the N-word as he was passing me. You know, I totally ignored it, and and the light changed, kept going like it never existed. So things like that, you know, one can't say it doesn't bother you, but you learn to uh, let it roll off your back. Because chances of trying to convince that person that he or she is wrong is nil to none. For me, it's much easier to uh, not respond or just walk away. If you were to settle down in your mind and reach the soul or the core of your being, how would you describe that place? It would be a place where the color of your skin would be secondary. It wouldn't be the primary focus of what most people would look at when they're trying to determine your social, economic status, and those type of things. It would be great to be in a place like where the color of your skin doesn't matter, only the content of your character. That would be a place that I would, I would want to live. Well, Laurel Massey, I want to thank you very much for being with us on Radio Curious. And before we close, the questions I like to ask, which you did answer uh, perhaps differently three years ago than you would today, begin with... Can you tell us about a eureka or an aha moment that changed your life? Well, let's see here. I believe when I sat down and I decided that, you know, I've worked enough, hard enough for the last 40 years or so, and when I actually felt like I was like a human again, I suppose, to get out and, and um, 
really meet new people and talk to them, mingle with them, not only uh, here in Mendocino County, but you know, outside of Mendocino County and uh, actually socialize a lot more. You know, I knew that part of life was I was really like missing. And I think uh, once you involved in law enforcement, um, you know, you become conservative and, you know, you can't express yourself or do things that you don't want to do based upon your position and all of that. And since I'm not really in that situation fully now, I think uh, I can express myself a lot more. And I think and I know that I'm having a lot more fun. So I think retirement, uh, you know, from the full time uh, sheriff's office was a was probably a very positive thing for me, and I, you know, I don't regret it at all. I um, enjoy where I am today. So, what would you like to do with the remainder of your one precious life? Well, it's uh, you know, I've I've traveled before, of course. Uh, you know, I would like to see more of the United States. You know, in, internally, I would like to go back abroad again and uh, visit places. Traveling you know, within and outside the United States. That's uh, the main thing on my agenda now. And finally, Oral Massey, is there a book that you could recommend to our listeners? If anyone is interested in what it was like for me and my career being a law enforcement officer in a rural town like Mendocino County, I really suggest one book you should read, and that is... uh, the Jackie Robinson story. I um, have read articles regarding those type of issues and all that, but I think the closest thing would be the Jackie Robinson story, or I think there's a movie out that you could watch. And you would have probably the closest idea of what it was like for me in Mendocino County as a deputy sheriff for all those years. Oral Massey, thank you very much for being with us on Radio Curious. You're very welcome. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around, turn me around, turn me around. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. I just keep on walking, keep on talking, marching on the feet of the land. Can't Turn Me Round 
The civil rights song you just heard is performed by The Roots. Our guest, Oral Massey, is retired from the United States Marine Corps, where he served in the Foreign Embassy Detail. He is also a retired Mendocino County Deputy Sheriff. The book that Oral Massey recommends is I Never Had It Made, an autobiography of Jackie Robinson by Jackie Robinson and Alfred Duckett. This program was recorded on January 14, 2018. There are over 630 archive editions on our website, www.radiocurious.org. The email address is curious at radiocurious.org. The phone is 707-462-6541. Christina Onestead is our assistant producer. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.